Hello, this is your host, Sunita Bagri. I am the founder of the Every Teacher Matters Project. Welcome to the Every Teacher Matters Network podcast. Each podcast has a core focus around the well-being of our teachers, school leaders and educational staff. The Teach Well Alliance works proudly in partnership with the Every Teacher Matters Network to raise awareness of well-being and mental health for our teachers and school staff. We're so pleased that you're able to join us on today's podcast. And hello, we have here with us today the wonderful Sarah Andrews, who is the consultant, associate consultant for the Every Teacher Matters Network. Sarah is down in Canterbury. She's a former teacher, and I'm just going to ask her to introduce herself to us now. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, Zanita. Thank you. Um, yep. Yeah, so my name's Sarah Andrews. Um, I was a teacher for 20 years. Um, I started off in primary education, mostly because I was a little bit scared of the older kids and thought maybe they'd be a bit close to my own age group at the time. Um, and I wasn't sure about the disciplining aspect of large children. Um, but then I gradually worked my way up and eventually taught sixth form. Um, I was initially PE trained, um, but gradually diversified in all the different schools I worked in and ended up a health and social care specialist and math specialist in the end. (laughs) So that's basically my background. So you've got a real range of different experiences there and um, how wonderful that your experiences range there from primary all the way through to sixth form. Not many Mm -hmm. teachers that can say they've got that breadth of experience so what, what did you prefer out of interest? Oh it's really difficult to say because there were so many things I loved about each age range so I really liked sixth form because of the different relationship that you could have with your students and obviously teaching a vocational qualification to them you know it was much more of a mentoring and coaching style of teaching um, and I really enjoyed that mm. um, But with primary, it's so much more colourful, I think, is is the main thing I would say. And I really enjoyed doing all the plays and, you know, artistic events and sports days and all of those sorts of things you get at primary school that you don't do as much, which I think is a shame, at secondary school. I I love your choice of word, (laughs) colourful, Sarah. (laughs) Would you you mean (laughs) colourful? Well, you know what it's like, you walk into a, into a primary school and you're hit with this wall of colour. They usually have beautifully coloured walls, brightly coloured displays, things coming out in 3D. Um, and then, you know, it's a, an absolute plethora of Christmas plays and productions and um, outside fairs and things like that. Whereas a lot of the time in secondary school, it just you walk in and it just feels more serious. Yeah. You know, the walls are cream, there's less displays um there's less of those kind of events that all the school get involved in unless you're really lucky in in your secondary school um so yeah I just think it's that difference you feel it as soon as you walk in I think yeah as you were describing those you know I've seen those those scenes were flashing before my eyes of all those wonderful rich experiences that um primary school teachers have absolutely but 
you know, yeah, I can really see the appeal in, in what you've described there is the teaching style with the older children or the older, the young people really in sixth form. So yeah, that, that's, um, that's something that, um, that is, is what, a, what a wonderful experience to bring children on in their journey and actually be able to teach and facilitate and coach learning. So yeah, wonderful. Thank you, Sarah. So Sarah, we, we've, you know, we've connected over the last couple of months. You've joined us as an associate, which we are delighted about. So you've been teaching for over 20 years. So tell us what you're doing now. Um, so basically at the, the, towards the end of my teaching career, I was, I had children myself. So I've now got a nine year old and a six year old and I can't believe they're that old already. Um, but it was basically with teaching, everyone knows what it's like. It takes over your life. And, and that's fine for a while when you're, you know, enthusiastic and you're young and you're really enjoying your teaching career. Um, but when you, your circumstances change, you realize actually I need a little bit more time for me and my family and I wanted to be able to spend more time with my children so having always wanted to be a teacher and done it for such a long time it was a case of well what else can I do I've no idea what else I would do um, and so I signed up with supply agencies to start with just thinking well at least that'll keep some money coming in while I figure out what it is that I want to do um, and I signed up with three agencies and one of those was GSL Education. Um, and instantly at my interview there, I felt like I really fitted in with them. They're lovely people and the actual agency itself is founded on supporting disadvantaged students in education. And they've got a fantastic history where the um, managing director, first of all, set up something called the Keen Student School in East London. And it was designed for GCSE and A-level retakes because obviously lots of students don't get their C grade first time round or now, you know, your four or fives. Um, but schools don't have the time and the resources to reteach them or to tutor them through to get their retakes. And so this school was designed for those students and for overseas students coming over who had different qualifications as well. Um, and over 26 years, they saw hundreds of students from all the local schools coming through and their results literally out, were outstanding. I mean, they outperformed the LEA, they outperformed national grades for retakes. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, and they just continue that ethos and it just brought me right in. I was like, right, I want to work with this agency. And once I met the managing director, I liked him so much. Um, and he saw a lot of skills that were transferable for him as well. So I ended up working for GSL. Um, but initially I worked part-time for them. Um, and on a Monday, I spent one day working for one of my actual ex-students who I taught in year six, who then when he'd grown into a full grown man, he, um, his family were all into construction and they'd all been crane drivers. And so he developed um, his own company delivering MVQs in construction. But although he knew construction and crane driving like the back of his hand and was brilliant at training, he didn't know all the bits that went along with running a business. So he didn't know how to do back returns, manage invoicing, you know, held a database to show his students progress and so on. So I worked for him one day a week and just got him all sorted out with all the admin. And I absolutely loved it. It was a fantastic experience. Um, but being a small business, 
you know, he, once we'd got everything set up, he then couldn't really afford to keep on um, a full-time member of staff. So his wife took over at that point. And that's kind of what led me to what I'm doing now, which is um, part of GSL. We've developed this additional service called Cloud Connect Services. And it's a bit of a revolutionary idea, um, which schools I think will take a while to take on board. But the idea is that in schools, like in businesses, and I'm sorry schools, you are gonna have to function a little bit like a business at times. <laughs> I know you don't want to. Um, but there's so much administration. And that was something that really weighed me down when I was teaching. And I found it more and more during my career that actually most of my time was spent doing data, reporting, you know, emailing, sending letters and so on. And so what we want to do is lift that burden again from teachers so they can get back to focusing on what it is that they have a passion for and the teaching and the face-to-face. So now this is what we're developing um, and we're hoping that it ties in really well with your well-being approach because yeah. we know that teachers are struggling and, you know, getting crushed under the weight of the admin. So if we can help to lift that burden, we can make their lives a little bit better in teaching and hopefully people will feel they can stay on a bit longer uh, yeah. and be happy. Absolutely. And Sarah, you know, I don't think you'll get any resistance from any teacher about relieving them from burdensome administration tasks. So you're absolutely right. Um, there, there is a, a real need for schools to actually implement some business strategies, just like the one that you mm. mentioned there, in terms of relieving our wonderful teachers from the burdensome admin and bureaucracy to allowing them and enabling them to be what they are best at and that is teach children and an impact upon learning so i don't think you'll have any resistance i think you're absolutely right there there needs to be a, a business approach which is seamlessly connected with compassion and care that, te that teaching you know teach the teaching profession has but uh, i think the challenge for so many is is how to go about doing that and the conversations that you know have enabled us to connect have been based on the absolutely that founded on the well-being agenda that is is important to us a in terms of what we're doing with the network and raising the profile of well-being but also as as you know professionals that have been in the in the the industry for a long time and actually we you know we realize the pressures that the teachers are under and that's why our connection was was so um, full of synergy because we saw that you know there's real scope here to be able to uh, enable our teachers to come out of that uh, and do what they love doing the most so yeah I, I think um, what you've developed at GSL education is wonderful I think that you know that will absolutely go from strength to strength when those foundations are, are in, you know embedded and, and people actually understand the power of of what you guys offer so um yeah so thanks for sharing that with us at the end make sure that you leave your details for the listeners to be able to get hold of you and and you know understand more about some of those very innovative ways that reduce that can reduce their their burdens so um what i'm going to ask you to do now is just sort of take us back a little bit and and reflect on the days when you were a teacher and tell us what you loved most about your teaching career 
Um, I loved it when I saw a light bulb moment. And that was absolutely 100% from start to finish in my career, that was what I lived for and what I was teaching for. And it didn't matter whether it was a whole class light bulb moment or an individual light bulb moment or even a colleague's light bulb moment, you know, because um, I found that leading subjects and when I took over leading maths at my last primary school, you know, I was able to deliver some training to the staff and you'd see people who had you know they've gone through school their whole lives and struggled perhaps with aspects of maths and you'd see them just sit there and go oh and and that's i'm like yes that's what i'm doing this for you know and people just realizing that they can access something that maybe before was something terrifying to them and i found that with the children and the students the older students as well you know with the younger ones, it's those light bulb moments when they suddenly realize they understand something and they take that extra little leap forward in their learning and it opens up a whole new sort of avenue of opportunities. Um, I used to love teaching English for that reason, you know, writing. And, um, you know, they'd be writing a story and I'd just give them a little kind of snippet of an idea and they'd be like, oh, and maybe it could do this and it could do that. And I'm like, yep, off you go, write it down. You know, and those were the moments I absolutely loved. Um, and then as well, like I said, with the primary aspect, particularly, because I think it's a shame that secondaries don't find the time to do as much in terms of events and extracurricular and things like that. But um, I absolutely love doing the plays, Christmas plays, love those summer you know the year six kind of leavers do they would have a play that they would do and i love that as well it's the whole community feel um and i remember my first secondary school that i taught in and i it was my first step up from primary so i was a little bit nervous um, and i went to take on a pe department and the whole pe department had left and it was just me and this other guy and i was head of girls and he was head of boys and I tell you what, it was a dream team. We absolutely revolutionized PE. I don't mind saying, <laughs> you know, as teachers, we don't brag enough, I have to say. Um, but yeah, we, we started off with students who would only do, the boys would only play football and the girls would only dance. And that was it. They wouldn't do anything else. And so we, we had a little psychological strategy. So whenever they turned up for PE, we'd be out on the playground where they lined up we'd be there and we'd be playing something. So it um, might be pop the cross or it might be basketball or it might be um, curling, you know, and we'd be just playing ourselves. And then they'd turn up for their lesson and we'd start putting it all away. And they'd be like, oh, what, what are you doing? What are you doing there? What's that that you're doing? And we'd be like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. We're just doing football and dance like normal. Don't worry, we'll put that away now. We were just messing about while we're waiting for you, you know. And they'd be like, well, can, can we have a go at that though? I want to have a go at that. And we were like, yes, <laughs> got Brilliant. Yes. And <laughs> within a year, we'd come out of special measures. The PE department was doing really, really well. And by the time I left, we had a full complement of sports prefects and we were attending loads of different um, competitions in different sports. It was amazing. And I, that was probably the sort of pinnacle, really. <laughs> oh, you know, the, the bit that made me achieve something you know <laughs> that's so lovely it's so heartwarming and you really lit up when you were recalling those memories really wonderful to see 
passionate teachers really recalling those wonderful memories of, of those wonderful days in, in the classroom. But <laughs> I love your strategy there, reverse, <laughs> reverse psychology. <laughs> oh, thanks so I'm much. Jealous. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. They think, you know, they call it FOMO now, don't they? If it's that fear of missing out, then um, they're in, they're in. And it, it does work, it works, as you clearly demonstrated. Thanks for sharing. And um, yeah, that they're the times that you kind of, you know, would, would, you know, go back in a heartbeat, I'm sure. But um, yeah, that those, those days are hard to find from, from some, some of what we're hearing, which is the sad thing. So equally, as well as recalling your, your favourite and your most fond memories there, tell us about what um, the biggest challenge you've had to deal with in your teaching career and tell us how you overcame it. Okay, um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to tell you I completely overcame it, if I'm honest. I might have needed your Teach Well Alliance and Every Teacher Matters programme back then. But um, I found certainly, and I believe this in, in a lot of my colleagues, teachers are so self-critical already. We're perfectionists and we always want to do the right thing and we constantly reanalyze everything that we've done. So we teach a lesson and however well it goes, it could be graded outstanding, it could be just one of those days like, you know, getting them to join in the different PE. But you still go back and think, oh, I could have done that better and I could. So for me with teaching, I think there's just, you have to trust teachers a bit more, you know, because we're all innately wanting the best for our students and none of us go out there wanting to teach a lesson that doesn't work you know we all want the results to be good we want the children to have the light bulb moments we want the students to feel that they're they're confident and they have strategies and skills and they can achieve and go beyond us you know we all want that so for me the challenge is the judgment you know, and it feels like there's been a culture in education that's been growing and snowballing out of control in terms of, you know, this kind of what is an outstanding lesson. And it changes, you know, in a cycle, you know, one year it'll be right. An outstanding lesson is the teacher standing at the front and delivering a talk and talk lesson and the children listening and showing progress within the lesson. And then it will be all oh, no, we have to have them in groups and they have to be doing activities and they have to be peer teaching you know and it goes in these cycles all the time but you're always having these lesson observations and everybody feels sick the night before everybody can't sleep everybody plans and plans and plans and then plans again then throws it away and plans again and then gets the first one out and tries it again and actually if we could just make that a better process a more healthy process without that pressure then I think teachers would excel and we did find it at one of the schools I worked at, which was um, Chatham and Clarendon Grammar School in Ramsgate. And that was where I was teaching sixth form health and social care. And we had something called the G2O programme, which was good to outstanding. And so we have several teachers that had signed up, wanted to move their lessons from good to outstanding in a consistent and, and manageable way. And it was like a team working together. It was coaching, it was discussing, it was sharing, it was team teaching, it was team observation um, and getting the students involved as well. You know, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? What would you do differently? What would you like to happen? And I feel that I made the most progress in my teaching at that point with that style. Yeah. But unfortunately, moving on from there, 
and that wasn't the you know that was kind of the only school that worked like that you know other schools were very much you know um, head teachers feeling pressure maybe from you know the borough and feeling like they've got to constantly assess their teachers and if the results aren't good enough they've got to find something to blame and something that they can improve on and so I just think it's become endemic that there's this judgment and pressure all the way down yeah. um, which is unhealthy for everybody and there's so many better ways of doing it and that's what we've got to find in education I think. Yeah, absolutely agree. And there's a lot there in what you said that resonated with me too. But, uh, you know, when you think about what you did in the school where you were head of PE and you said it came out of special measures, you know, you were your, your happiest. You were in a dream team. You were, you had autonomy. You were working the way that you wanted to work because you're right. Teachers need to be trusted. Teachers need to be given the autonomy that's why you're professionally trained you, you know that's so so important that you feel that a, a, autonomy when you're actually planning and teaching so then you know the, exa the example there about being in a school amongst a culture where there was peer evaluation there was open studies of you know lessons and how they were working how do we you know really again about autonomy and how you could move those lessons forward and there you know the word there coaching it is very very powerful and and certainly what inspired me to you know use coaching and apply coaching when I was leading my teams but now you know helping other teachers and leaders to to be able to have that that element of, of self-belief and again autonomy to move forward in, in whatever area professionally or personally that that people wish to but yeah I can really relate to that and I think there is a better way we, we know that there is a better way and it's about sharing that and raising the profile of that so that people, you know, in government departments that are making decisions on behalf of our teachers that are not the most equipped people to make these decisions. You know, we, we really are trying our best here to get them to, to listen and learn from what the professionals in our, in our industry are saying so um, I, I really welcome your input there. And I, and I do hope that people are listening to, to this podcast and, and able to take the experiences that our teachers are sharing here and, and be able to, to remodel um, a system that is broken. And we know it's broken because of the, the recruitment and retention crisis at hand, which has only been exacerbated by you know, COVID-19. So on that note, Sarah, as you know, as an associate of the Every Teacher Matters Network, it's all about promoting teacher well-being and breaking the stigma around the mental health of our teachers. What well-being advice would you give to teachers? I think teachers have got to start to admit when it's hard because we are kind of, it's ingrained in us just to cope and just to keep going. And many of us think that if we're not doing well, it's because of us. So for me, there was a bit of a spiral. It was a case of, you know, I'd have one lesson that didn't go quite well in an observation. So then I had to have another observation within a period of time and it had to go well, otherwise things would have happened. And there's all that pressure. And um, I think teachers are so used to getting on with it and, and feeling like they have to show a brave face because if you show weakness if you show that you can't cope if you show that you are struggling then it feels to me like 
the school or the the community within the school unfortunately in my experience thinks well injured animal time to go you know and they don't they say they're supporting you they say oh we're going to give you some coaching and mentoring they say you know it's a program that's designed to help you but actually you know full well that it's the beginnings of competency and to go from being consistently really well acclaimed in a school in several schools to have had a really good reputation to then have someone telling me that you know i'm not good at teaching well i knew that was wrong but i couldn't say that because i didn't trust myself to say that by then so my piece of advice would be teachers have got to stop being afraid and start saying it's hard i can't do this no i'm not going to do that extra job that you've asked me to do the reason i haven't done this is because i haven't had time and that's not because i haven't put the time in that's because i've got too much to do and that's the only way we're going to make a change teachers have got to start saying it out loud together and that's why this network is so vital we have to get people to start to admit and say this is not okay teachers cannot work under these conditions teachers cannot work you know i mean i was working i mean i worked out with my husband and i you know if, if i'd have worked out my hourly wages you know when we know that teachers work all the way through the holidays we know they work the evenings and weekends you know it's unbelievable how many hours you put in a week and now that i'm not doing it I can't see how I ever did. I have no idea how I survived with that little sleep, that little food, that constant stress. You know, I don't know how I did it. I don't think I could do it again. And so people have got to start saying this is enough. We have to revolutionize, not just remodel, not just tweak education. It has to be ripped up and start again. And we have to ask the teachers, what is it that will work? What will allow your passion to grow? What will allow your energy to thrive? It's the only way. That's really heartfelt. Really, really heartfelt, Sarah. And um, a lot of, you know, uh, sort of regret, uh, wisdom, knowledge that is, you know, that you're able to share in terms of your journey there, which is really very powerful. Uh, and yeah, I absolutely agree that, that the education system does need to be revolutionized and you know we as teachers we need to take care of ourselves first and foremost and secondly we need to learn to enforce our boundaries so that all those additional things in terms of workload isn't taking us away so that it becomes a stick to beat us with when timing when times change really so I feel your pain I feel your pain there uh, I, I'm I'm pleased that you know you found a way to be able to use your knowledge and experience to still give to our education profession because I think that's what's really important for us like-minded you know educators I too have given 20 years of my life to education uh, and the, the what saddened me most was, uh, you know, the, the potential of coming away and moving into a different industry. So I'm pleased that you're, you're, mm -hmm. still, you're still working within education and you're still inspiring our teachers. So thank you so much for speaking with us today. I hope the listeners, I have no doubt, 
I have no <laughs> doubt that the listeners will have taken away um, so much from your experiences, from your journey and from your advice that you've given there at the end. Sarah, if anybody wanted to contact you directly, what would be the best way to do that? Um, so there's two ways really. I mean, well, you can contact me anyway, like, I mean, I've got phone, email and website, but um, the website is www.cloudconnectservices.co.uk. My email is andrews at cloudconnectservices.co.uk and my office number is 01227 936 880. Um, but I am contactable on that number 24-7. So um, I want to be here for people. Um, and if I can just say one other thing, Sunita, um, with the advice, it's a lot of people don't use meditation um, hypnotherapy you know they don't use those tools to help them to feel better and sometimes that because they think well it won't fix everything and it won't you can't necessarily take away lesson observations just like that you can't take away the issues that you've got in school that day but what you can do is just take enough time to breathe and to help yourself to cope with those things and that's what's so important so I want to say thank you as well because it's so important the work that you're doing and I really hope that the network continues to grow and I'm sure it will um, with lots of brave teachers out there that will get on board I hope so thank you oh (laughs) absolute pleasure um the the beauty of it is attracting like-minded individuals like yourself and you're absolutely right you know for us to be as empowered as possible and to know that you know there is so much we can do to become more resilient and to be able to withstand because we know that the teaching profession is challenging you wouldn't enter um, the, the teaching profession not knowing that. And if you have, then, then you probably need to think twice because it is very, very challenging. So we need to you know, do everything we can, but also be in a position where actually, like you mentioned, if the environment is in conflict with our true selves and our values, then we'll recognise that, won't we? Because we have, we've worked on ourselves to be able to recognise that. So thanks, thanks so much for your, for your time. I, I hope the listeners have enjoyed listening to this conversation just as much as I have having this lovely conversation with Sarah today. Thank you very much for listening and we hope that you will join us in the next podcast. And please do listen out and keep up to date with all the information around the Every Teacher Matters Network. And you can contact me sunitabagri.com or visit the everyteachermattersproject.com website for information around membership and events coming up. Thank you very much. Bye for now, Sarah. Bye. I do hope you enjoyed listening to today's Every Teacher Matters conversation. It is our mission to be the voice of our amazing school staff. You can find out more by visiting everyteachermattersproject.com or contacting me directly at contact at Thanks for listening.